we have a huge aged population with a very small young population, and it's the young populations that generally pay for the older populations. Before we get to less, less people, we get catastrophic issues, really. Big ones. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize seize the the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide Podcast. How are you tonight, Jesse? I'm doing great. This is episode 124. And the next in our series, Education is Warfare. That was ominous. Yeah, I'm sad that the uh, Lord of the Rings music is copyrighted, so we can't use that. We did have a form of music playing underneath. It was great. I'm appreciative of that. Jaeger, you killed it, bud. You killed it like we're going to kill lies. Right now, from Gruber and Gruber, you get two thumbs up. Hardy, you can't see it. But it happened. But hopefully you can feel it. (laughs) Episode 124, Education's Warfare Series. This one's called Battlefield Tactics. Battlefield Tactics. Also ominous. We're going to tie together two... uh, Two. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We're going to put together two news stories. Uh, One is a global news story. One is a local news story to New Jersey. But connecting the dots on getting some battlefield tactics to understand the full breadth of the battle we're facing, the war that we're facing, that we're entering into. I think we're we're trolled, many of us are trying inside of the, the Christian worldview to enter into it faithfully and strongly, but we have to acknowledge that we're ba- fighting a battle that began being waged, you know, at, in World War II. Like we're talking about, I mean, at the fall, really, but like in our modern context, you know, around Marxism, right? Uh, communism, Leninism. I mean, uh, all of that stuff happened before World War II, bro. Right, but I mean, it culminates in like World War II, and that's when we see the pressing out of it. Like, it all—it was all before that, but the pressing out of it into the global. I mean, the World War II, the 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 events orchestrated around World War II, are what pushed, um, what pushed the Frankfurt School into Columbia University in America, from Germany into Columbia University, thrusting. Um, Marx's ideas, which were formed in, by Antonio Gramsci into understanding this battle for, uh, for the robes of society being, or in other words, being pushed into, um, the, what's the word that I'm looking for? I don't know. Not systems. Structure. Institutions. Institutions. Wow, man, that was hard. It's fine. My brain just like totally went. That's why we don't do this by ourselves. (laughs) Thanks, man. You're here for me into the institutions right and we saw that that pushed out into where we're to and we had this giant resulting cold war which was the battle for ideas it's just we didn't see the 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 war that was raging right under our own noses in our own homes in our own ho- on our own soil and it went it, it went largely unfought this battle was not being fought we were distracted with shiny objects until we're now, as we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we're, we're in the midst of this giant fungus forest that just shot up, or like where all these mushrooms come from. And it's like, oh, they're, they're all under the soil. They've been growing. They've been, they've been, you know, reaching their tendrils all over the place. And now they're everywhere, right? Now there's people that are yelling at you if you don't use the right pronouns. And you're like, that's not what a pronoun's for. <laughs> you don't know how to use English. And they're saying things, they're saying that they're gendered. And I'm like, no, that's a linguistic term. You're stupid. Like, like it's like this horrible sin has infested and we just, we have to battle it now. But if we don't acknowledge that it's been uh, something that's been built up, you know, over the past several generations, then we're going to think that, that we can fight this in some sort of uh, novel way. But actually all the ways we need to fight it are grounded in in the deep deep truths right it's like when aslan was slain on the table and then lucy and susan they they or it's just lucy lucy finds him is susan with her i don't remember that part I'm, I, I'm losing i it. don't know i know lucy's there and and aslan says oh it's just lucy that that the witch knew of magic but she didn't know of the deep magic right the the real true deeper magic right of the table when he resurrects anyway read c.s lewis line the witch in the wardrobe Start with the magician's nephew. It's the first one. That's what we have to get. That we have to get that foundation. I mean, you might as well just start with the voyage of the dawn treader at that point. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's stupid. It's that's really very, very out of order. Don't do that. Start. With, don't listen. That's crazy. You're just talking crazy over there. Although the horse and the boy is one of my favorites. It is a good one. All right. 
back into these articles. The first one we're going to talk about is plummeting birth rates. And when we're going to talk education is warfare, this is an important one. <laughs> this is pretty important. You have to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Things are happening. That's right. Or rather, not happening. Oh, well, definitely certain things are not happening. What we have... This is just basic information for you to know about what a birth rate is. Basically, a birth rate is how many children someone is having. 400 babies. When we look, and now it's measured by how many children women are having. I know that sounds awful and evil, but this the article, each article that we're reading didn't substitute birthing people. It actually is just substitute. It just said women. I'm like, that's great. The the replacement rate or the the rate at which a woman needs to have children in order for population to maintain is 2.1, right? That is just above two. So you have to be able to replace yourself. Now, when we say that, everything about the replacement rate that sociologists use is, is just hilarious because it acknowledges that two people make a child. It requires a man and a woman to make a child. And I'm triggered to, again. And in order to replace them, you need to have at least more than two children in order to replace them. You can't have less. You can't have 1.9. That will not replace. You must have at least 2.1 to replace the humanity, which is ironic because it just underlies the deep eternal truth that God made man and woman and he made man and woman to also then make other humans. <laughs> that was all part of the whole glory plan that he had. Um, we must <laughs> trust the science. <laughs> anyway, that's what replacement rate is when we're talking about, um, about replacement fertility rates. Oh. Replacement rate is, is 2.1. Now, when we look at a graph, uh, we're, we're seeing that in the fifties and sixties globally, Fertility rate, which is how many children a woman is a woman was having on average, was between was like four and a half to five, somewhere in that range. Can confirm. Our right. parents, both of their families, had at least four. Yeah. Wow. It's true. Yep. Interesting. Um, Pans out. Yeah. That, that. Amen. It does. So that was the rate in the fifties and sixties. It is pretty steadily globally declined since then, um, and that. At times, it feels like it might have leveled off. So you go from the 50s and 60s to the 80s. You've already gone from about four and a half to three and a half. And you go from the 80s to 2000. You've gone from three and a half to two and a half. So we're just, we're just getting losing closer to that 2.1 number. We're just losing kids everywhere. Uh, in 2017, when they really did large, they did some large scale studies on the global fertility rate. We were just below two and a half. Uh, or something like 2.3 to 2.4, which is we're still replacing. The problem is with the steady decline, it's this, this is one of those compound interest type problems. The problem I continues. I hate it when we get into exponents. I know, it's difficult. It continues to compound the further you go. If you have already dropped over the course of 50 years from four and a half, 4.6, we'll say 4.6 as a global fertility rate, and you've already dropped that down to 2.5, you've already chopped out two children, right, for every two people. So now you're barely replacing. And as you see that decline in just 50 years, it becomes faster, exponentially faster. As people continue to have less children, it becomes less of an issue to then have children. It becomes baked into the societal norms. So they're projecting by 2050 that we're going to fall below that globally, or we'll fall below that replacement rate, down to about 1.7. And then even more rapidly in the next 50 years to 2100, sociologists are predicting that will drop down to about 1.5. These are horrible numbers. Now, I will say this. Now, this is 1.7 by 2100. Okay. Uh, I was looking at the graph. The graph is a little more general than the, the ver words you're actually reading, but that is what it says right there in that article. Oh, yeah, I guess. Um, I I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do apologize. I was the reading graph. the words. Yeah, the words are right picture. there. Maybe I should have read the words, but visually, it was just so stimulating to just read the graph. Oh, there's colors and stuff. Um, that doesn't mean that everywhere is the same either. I'm not trying to say that this is this happens this is happening the same at all places. Different countries are having different rates. Uh, I was looking at what was what's been 
interesting is as they're looking at the way the birth rate is dropping, they're then projecting out, you know, what's going to happen in the next 80 years to different places. You look at China's population, 2017, peaking at about 1.4, 1.3 billion in 2017. Projected 2100 population is going to go down almost by half. It's like shocking to like points, 0.7 billion. That's, that's crazy. Half the country is going to be gone in size. Um, that's, it's just, it's, it, it boggles the mind. This is why we need to stimulate the economy. <laughs> However, some place, a place like Nigeria, which in 2017 was, you know, roughly 0.2 billion, uh, is projected to get, you know, much closer to 0.8 billion. So other, there are places that are having children well above replacement rate. Uh, the problem is many of those places are not what you would what, what you would call in this in the you know uh, industrial leading uh, Western civilized world. Um, that's not exactly where they're having the most children. <laughs> you know, India's population is declining much less rapidly. Um, the, the U.S. is is doing okay. Like we're not doing horribly. We're not doing good. We've we've abandoned. Like this fundamental command God gave. It's one of those crazy things that He said way back in the beginning in Genesis one verse, uh, in Genesis one twenty eight. I'm just gonna read it. And God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth." This was sim- this was a simple one, and I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and we were talking about how well there's enough people now; we don't need to follow that anymore. And I'm like, well, what exactly does it mean to fill the earth? Like, you have to have an answer for that. And I would certainly say that as we're having less children and less filling the earth, that it might be a good idea to acknowledge that we hadn't quite done it, and now we're definitely ignoring it <laughs> completely. Regardless, with a plummeting birth rate, we're going to have less humans. It's not, it's not a good thing. It's not a, not a good thing at all. Well, we have less humans, but before we have less humans, we have, we have a huge, a very large aged population with a very small young population. And it's the young populations that generally pay for the older population's social benefits. So... Before we get to less, less people, we get to huge economic and societal um, issues or catastrophic issues, really big ones, Um, you you know, so it's not just like a, it's not just like a whimsical leaf falling down into the river. It's more like a millstone around the neck of a LGBTQ pastor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I threw that one in there. Yes. Um. And that's what I meant when, we have, when, I, when I say that we have less humans is not a good thing. I, I, that's what I mean. Like that is the subset of problems that that causes is vast and and huge. And I think we ignore the fact that that's because we are cutting out image bearers from the population. God granted the Imago Dei onto humanity. It is it is the singular uniqueness to reflect the glory of God adequately. You must contain the Imago Dei in that way. It's it's. It's why we were called to fill the earth. It's because God's image and glory must go throughout the entire earth, and he made us specifically for a purpose. And so by not doing that, ignoring the social benefit, you know, it used to be that families cared for, for the eld, elderly and aged inside of that family. And, and you can't even do that when you don't have kids. That's why it used to be so important to have children, so that, that the generations and the lineage would be passed on and that, that the growth inside of a family would, would happen. But now we're talking about social benefits. And then it makes it even harder to get people like rack, rack, wrapped up into that racket because they're like, why am I paying for other people? <laughs> right? Like you're already, you're already not appealing to the base, the base selfishness of a human, a human, right? The sin is there. And, and now they're saying, well, you know, you want me to have kids so I, they can pay for other people? Like that's stupid. I'm not doing that. Well, the thing is that people want other people to pay for the other people. Oh boy, do they print that money in perpetuity. It makes you ask questions like, why is the birth rate falling? Well, we uh, have an interesting article from the BBC that says this. It has nothing to do with sperm counts or the usual things that come to mind when discussing fertility. Instead, it is being driven by more women in, in education and work, as well as greater access to contraception, leading to women choosing to have fewer children. In many ways, falling fertility rates are a success story. <laughs> well, if that isn't Satan's lie. A success 
story for who? The, the civilization's going to collapse. Well, it's a success story in the fact that they believe... That for Greta. <laughs> for Greta. Uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates is all about this. You know, he's really been trying to stop people in Africa from having kids, and he's not doing it, man. People in Africa are still man, having kids, those, man. Those Africans. You cannot stop it, Bill Gates, no matter how many people you try to murder, you sycophant. I said it. I did not I did not commit suicide, and I'm saying it right now, just in case he's listening. I mean, like, if it was just, like, super hot outside and you didn't have anything to do, like, all how right, in the world all right, all right. do you just, intend to stop someone of, from... We're moving, we're moving past this. We're okay. moving past this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... It's this idea that we are so self-absorbed that we we don't want to let a child uh, affect how we're going to live. That's why we have these plummeting birth rates. Um, that is by, by um, what's the word? By poll, people are people communicate that it would be it would it would affect their ability to live and do what they want, and that's that's. Just selfish. I mean, we can just acknowledge that's a selfish answer. Yeah. Didn't really need a sociological study to call that one. No, it's like that. Yeah, obviously. I mean, just people don't. The thing is, people used to lie. <laughs> people used to lie. People don't even care about lying anymore. It's like, no, nah, I'm not having kids. I, I can't kids. go to. How am I going to get to Cancun if I have kids? Like, I, how am know. I going to take care of the dog if I have kids? Right. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Shih Tzu parent. I don't have a uh, time for children. My son's a beagle. <laughs> 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 Uh, not my son. I was saying what dog parents say. Uh-huh. Anyway, that story is one huge and important story. Plumbing birth rates. The next one so, is a look. Takeaway from that is out child bear the libs. That's what. That's right. what yes. Do. Yes. We're gonna get to the battlefield tactics of all this. That's the name of the episode. Battlefield tactics. I know. I Taking just to say out child bear the libs. Amen. That's our that's our motto. Which we should we should make a t shirt at that some point. <clears throat> the next story comes from our home state. Sad state of affairs in our home state. It is a sad state of affairs here. Yes. Well, it turns out that New Jersey, the state, the attorney generals of, of New Jersey, is going to be suing three districts in New Jersey over letting parents parent. <laughs> That's essentially mm. what's happening. This story comes to us uh, from Politico. Um, essentially, uh, the education policy is that's been codified for New Jersey is that school schools must not inform parents of children's changing of their identity in, in any regards pronouns. Uh, if they desire to, to go through physical changes, this is not, this is not something that needs to be communicated to, to parents. So that's not right. <laughs> so that seems really bad. Problem. Uh, that's yeah. That seems really bad. I'm picking up some red flags. And um, and so there these th- there's three particular um, districts that would be. This is a hard one to say. Manalapan, 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 Manalapan. Yeah, Manalapan. Manalapan English Town is one of the districts. Marlboro, much easier to say, and Middleton are the three school districts that have decided that they will tell parents things that affect their ability to parent their child. How dare they? I know ridiculous that they would even think that's okay, but Murphy will have none of that. He is, he is having none of it. He's not okay with it. Isn't it Hanover? Isn't it Hanover township too? What are they doing with Hanover township? I don't know what they're doing with Hanover township. Probably yet another one that they're now suing. Yeah, they're challenging the Hanover Township Board of Education's new policy. Well, add them to the list. Yep. They're just... They're... Justin, you want to go move to Hanover? <sighs> Sounds like a pretty nice place to live. Well, ironically, Governor Mercy, Murphy is having his attorney general sue Middleton, Middletown School District. And Middletown School District happens to be where Governor Murphy himself lives. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> ironic. It is uh, ironic. It's also ironic that he didn't grow up in New Jersey. Here's uh, that's that's not ironic. He was handpicked by the mob. I mean, he was voted in in Minecraft. <laughs> in, in Minecraft. In Minecraft. Um, uh, here, here's here's the quote. This is why they're they're suing. 
Outing these students against their will poses serious mental health risks, threatens physical harm to students, including risking increased suicides, decreases the likelihood students will seek support, and shirks the district's obligation to create a safe and supportive learning environment for all. Reads the law, reads the Marlboro lawsuit. Indeed, LGBTQ plus students in New Jersey and elsewhere have died by suicide after being outed. Really got to hope this lawsuit includes some sort of data, data and statistics that would actually lead it to be something that is obviously overwhelming and not necessarily what you might call a lie, a damn lie, and a statistic. <laughs> so hopefully they have figured that out. Um, I mean, the sad part is if you just let the kids be, they'll be fine in a couple of years, statistically. Yeah, it's when you go start messing messing with it, that people want to commit suicide. Yeah, it's it's just really sad and disturbing. Um, who's who's holding those people accountable? Here's the real problem. No one it comes in this line. Shirks the district's obligation to create a safe and supportive learning environment for all. They have adopted the role of parent. They are the ones that are to create a safe and supportive learning environment for children. They are the ones that are responsible to care for and nurture that child essentially into whatever the child determines is good for the child. So the child works together with the state to decide how the child should be parented. That is the support system that is being exalted and is suing school districts that have chosen to instead say children should be parented by their parents and parents need information to actually parent their children. Withholding things that are important from their child is bad. This is exactly what we saw happen in Virginia uh, with the transgender student uh, that assaulted the female student in the locker room and it was like trying to like waterboard a, a school official to actually file a report and and say what happened the parents couldn't even find out what was going on it was ridiculous it's that exact idea that they're the ones that will decide what is best for students even if what is best for a student might also be incredibly harmful for other students it's awful um all of these two stories they do go hand in hand i will read this particular uh comment uh this is in response to the lawsuit we vehemently disagree with attorney general's argument that it is somehow discriminatory or improper to notify a parent that their minor child is changing their gender identity or expression It is our position that keeping parents in the dark about important issues involving their children is counterintuitive and contrary to well-established U.S. Supreme Court case law that says that parents have a constitutional right to direct and control the upbringing of their children. This is from Mark Zittimer, who is the attorney for Marlboro School School District. Um, He just seems far too sane to probably be involved in anything to do with (laughs) this court case. (laughs) He's far too rational. Now, how do we get the battlefield tactics from these two stories? How are we going to get there? Shortly. <laughs> okay. Great segue. I can't find this. I can't find this thing. So there was a there was a recent interview that Phil Murphy did, where I thought I think it was a news interview where the, he was being questioned about about these these cases and. He said something about, well, what about the child's constitutional right to, uh, you know, something, something, something. And I was like, what do you even mean? Like, that that's not like a thing. Like, they have rights as human beings, sure, but a child, I mean, the Supre- even our Supreme Court, let alone common sense, has time and time again upheld that children are the responsibility of the parent. Not the school district. Like, what? What is he even talking about? It was. It was probably the dumbest thing, since he told the world that he wasn't thinking about 
the Constitution and people's rights when he decided to lock down the state and ship people back into nursing homes that were COVID positive. It would be good for him to avoid mentioning the Constitution or what it says. Because I don't I think mean, he we're, knows. We're governing. I mean, <laughs> let's go back to basics. Maybe he should just be in Minecraft. That's probably the best place for him to govern. Mm. <laughs> just in Minecraft. Battlefield tactics. Let's make some, ta- let's make some tactics here. The first thing I've answered, two important questions. These are the two major questions that come out of these, both of these topics, essentially. The fact that we've, we've neglected having children, we're just avoiding that, that doesn't happen, where, which we'll talk about where that comes from, and they're called un- underpinnings of our worldview. Um, and then who is responsible for children? Uh, no, sorry. The, the two questions are, one, are children dependent, and two, who is responsible for children? These are two very important questions, and I think if we don't answer these questions as Christians and know where they, what the Bible says, what God has called us to do, with these two questions, then we will not be able to adequately withstand the attacks from culture, because culture is coming at these two questions. They are calling children independent. And then they are claiming responsibility over children. So we have to ask the question, are children biblically dependent and who is biblically responsible for children? What does God say about children and the responsibility of children? And if we begin to answer these in other ways, we will do a bad job defending God's word. Well, I don't think, I don't think, that, I don't think that the world claims that the children are independent individuals. I think that their claim is that they're independent from their parents and that they're fully dependent on the state. I think that that's only partially true because they believe that they're independent in their ability to determine, in their self-determination. And they clearly believe that because they believe a child can determine their gender identity, their the child can determine their sexuality, a child can determine um, what what they what not what they feel knowledge is what they need to know or what they don't need to know and what makes a good a good standard a right standard or a wrong standard it, it's just right they can they thinking. can determine that but they don't determine that in a vacuum they also determine that that if that child doesn't want to talk to their parents about it that they are independent from their parents that they're allowed to have that hidden from them and what what services are being offered to the child not the parents services this, it's the state services. Yeah, to be sure. The, what, what, what they then do after they've inserted the child's independence, they then become the nurturing figure. I mean, it's just like when the government shipped cocaine into inner cities. Or when China shipped opium to whoever their enemy was at the time. <laughs> great or idea. when the U.S. shipped arms to Ukraine. Or when they, you know intervened in the Bay of Pigs or when they <laughs> funded when they fun- shipped Antifa members into January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Antifa members. That was just the FBI. <laughs> it's just the feds. by the sticker. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is a sticker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was Jesse's fun time. He made a fun time sticker with that. Check it out on the, Nobody gets check it out it. on the if shop. You get it, buy it. If you get it, you get it. So are children dependent? Who is responsible for children? You have an interesting quote there, Jess, from, from, from old Carl. Yeah, good old Carl. Uh, Carl had some thoughts about this. Um, he said that the education of all children from the moment that they can get along without a mother's care shall be in state institutions. How dare he talk about mother's care? How dare you? All he did was ps- ps- to bleed his mother dry of, of any and every available resource. When it comes to children, do not listen to Karl Marx. Karl Marx. <laughs> General rule of thumb. Uh, let's see. Uh, It'll make you a children, better person. Some of his children died of starvation, left his wife and children in abject poverty. One of his children, daughters, married somebody, joined a call, committed suicide. Don't follow Karl Marx's parenting. Parenting tips by Karl Marx. Don't buy the book. <laughs> don't buy the book. It's basically empty. It's, or, or involves murder. So I just don't buy it. Murder. <laughs> the Bible is very clear on these questions, right? Unlike Karl Marx. <laughs> Unlike, well, Karl Marx is very clear. <laughs> Boy, is he clear. No, no, no. I didn't mean in his clarity. I mean, unlike Karl Marx, the Bible has a different opinion. Yes, the Bible has the objective truth. Um, the Bible says that children are a gift from God and that parents are responsible for them. And if you want a ton of scripture 
by golly, you're going to get it. Yeah. Uh, just to acknowledge right at the top, two, two references uh, that you can find uh, on the Education's Warfare t-shirt, which is out now for your enjoyment. Back to school special, buy two for 40. <laughs> Back to school, baby. Buy one for you and give one to an educator. Strengthen them up, gird their loins. Psalm 127 is where you can find uh, one of those passages. I mean, will it gird their loins? It, it, it might, if they're a Christian, that they can go in and be bold to hold the truth high inside of the education system. I thought it system. would just gird their or upper body. Oh, right. Don't gird your loins with a shirt. That's a t-shirt for crying yeah, out. Heavens to Betsy, don't do that. It would, it would have to be some type of dress or perhaps long <laughs> tunic to gird the loins. A tunic. <laughs> and toga. All right. Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. That's all about gifts, people. Verse 4. Jesse, why don't you read? You want to read verse 4? I don't care. We I mean, do you it. just read, read verse, verse three. Are we just going to alternate verses? Yeah, we're, no, you do four and five, man. Do it. Okay. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with enemies in the gate. Amen. This is all about the responsibility of that child and, and, and the fact that that child is a gift from God. And uh, it's just the whole thing. It's right there. What a picture. We love this picture. We love the picture so much, we put it on the back of a t-shirt. Yeah, we did. Check that out. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, verse 7, also a great place to turn. This is inside the Shema uh, that that starts out here, right? That's Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord he is one. Verse 7, though, says this. You shall teach them diligently, that'd be the laws of God, to your children. That's like total responsibility placed upon someone else to teach the child. Who? The parents. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. That's where a family is. And when you walk by the way, when you leave the house, and when you lie down, that's like when you go to sleep, and when you rise. All the time, teach your children because they are your responsibility. They are dependent responsibility. Proverbs 17, verse 6. I don't even know if I put that one in. I just kept I had so, I have so much scripture here tonight. I have it up. Oh, do it, baby. Um, Proverbs 17, verse 6 says, Grandchildren are the crown of old men, and the beauty of sons of, of oh my gosh. <laughs> and the beauty of sons is their fathers. Is what Proverbs 17, 6 says. Proverbs 13, 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. It's almost as if a child is dependent and is the responsibility of a parent to then diligently discipline that child. Huh. It's almost as if every society up until now knows, knew this. It's like, it's like a giant surprise to everyone. <laughs> Wait a second. What are, are you even saying? Are we being punked? <laughs> uh, John chapter 16 and verse what, 12, correct? Uh, are you in the notes? Twenty-one. Oh, that, see, that's my you, dyslexia coming you in. Juxtaposed. <laughs> my dyslexia. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a hu- for joy that a human being has been born into the world. By the way, isn't that just so true? Like yeah. Every single time. Those are the words of Christ. By the way, that's what helps to make them intensely true. As the logos was there, the word was there present at creation when he made the woman and the womb and the process by which children would be born it's almost as if it was a plan or something Hmm. psalm 113 verse 9 he the lord gives the barren woman a home making her the joyous mother of children praise the lord bam and there's more ephesians 6 4 you could turn to Actually, I think we read all the rest of these. There's so many more. This is barely, this is just touching the scope of the reality that children are a gift from God and they're the responsibility of the parents. Ugh. And here's another fact that we must acknowledge in the scripture. Children are in a position of dependence. They're in a position of dependence. It's more than just responsibility. They're dependent. And how do I know this? Let me guess. You guess, buddy. For the Bible tells you so. That is correct. The Bible does tell me so. <laughs> Proverbs 22 and verse 15 says this, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Well, I mean, 
sounds like children left to their on their own <laughs> end up dying a fool. I mean, the amount of ways that they could die is so vast; it's hard to really pinpoint. Well, regardless of how which they one die, they would dying a fool is not necessarily dependent upon how they died. Dumb ways to die. <laughs> Colossians three. <laughs> Jesse, what's Colossians three twenty say? It says, "Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is pleasing to the Lord." Amen. So, children are in a position of dependence on their parents, in that they need to receive from their parents godly instruction that they may then obey the words of their parents teaching them to follow the way of the lord is this is this a verse that would that would encourage uh integrated worship you know if the if these epistles were written down and then spread out among the churches and the read, read on the lord's day i mean he's talking to children the children would be there right i mean you you i would hope so that they would hear this truth certainly hmm. Hmm. proverbs 1 8 through 9 Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Uh, this is a book. Uh, That's one of about a million times that it says yes. something similar. Yes, this is a book strictly about the uh, teaching of wisdom to a child. So this makes perfect sense that this would be right here. Children, listen to your father. Listen to your mother. They're teaching you. Kids. Loving you. Listen to your mother. <laughs> Kids. Oh, the Incredibles. Oh, Mr. Incredible. Shirking his responsibility there. Oh, that guy. He was. He was that time. When we establish these deep, clear, biblical truths, we have an objective source to answer these questions that the world is trying to answer in the complete opposite way. Little Susie, you can make all your own decisions and if you need help making those decisions, we're here for you. That's what the government says. That's what education says. Jeez, I mean, dare I say, dare I say that that's what some children's ministries inside churches say? Yeah, watch. I mean, this is what we have to we have to know what God has said about children. We have to know what God has said about parents. We have to know these things. Like we, we look at this and we get all like bent out of shape. Like, oh, the. The rod of discipline? That sounds horrible. Do you mean you should use a rod of discipline? It means you should lovingly discipline your child in the way that the Lord has called them to live and move and find their joy. Like you're making that sound, you're making it sound like it's abusive to want your child to lovingly grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's just ridiculous. Don't think that way. <laughs> Give me that shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, there's a gator in the house. <laughs> uh, man, the Incredibles. Or no. That was, that's Monster Zig, dude. All right. Man, we were just hitting Disney up. Oh, Pixar movies aside. <laughs> man, my, how far they've fallen. What we have to then do, once we have these clear, these are such clear biblical answers. They should already encourage your heart to know that inside of God's church, there is a plan on how children are supposed to be seen, on how parents are supposed to move, and how the whole church family together is supposed to live inside this construct. So you should be encouraged already. And it's it's better than Karl Marx's plan. <laughs> but unfortunately, <clears throat> unfortunately, it's Karl Marx's plan that's the plan that's been implemented. It's the plan that's been happening while the church has been sleeping. And now we are in crisis mode with very little preparation and not a lot of time to come up with a counteroffensive. So now is the time, everybody. Right, Gird and, your loins. <laughs> right. And not with the shirt, though. Yeah. Uh, and don't hear what we're not saying. We like, should get a shirt. Anyone that would take scripture out of context to use it to fill their self-gratification, their own personal desires. You know, if an abusive person uses one of those verses to like, oh, I'm going to uh, look, I'm, I'm correcting you with this rod. and They want to beat somebody. That's that, that that is not what the board is saying. They are misusing God's scripture. They will be judged. Do not think God is a fool. He will hold them accountable but do not also simultaneously allow something that has happened in your in the past take you from the truth that is present in god's word like the responsibility of parents the need to to lovingly discipline a child so that they walk uprightly so that they walk in a way that glorifies their creator is is not something to be poo-pooed because someone had a had a a, a hard interaction with that with someone abusing the scriptures you, you don't don't throw the truth out because of someone's sin don't do that there's so much grace 
and 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 healing at the cross. Uh, so I just wanted to say that real quick. I'm sorry. That's fine. Taking this big idea that you just mentioned, Jesse, that we are fighting this this deeply entrenched mindset from from stemming from Marxism from from Satan, essentially. Um, I mean, not to from put, Satan himself. Karl Marx. <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, but I mean, Satan's been Satan. Satan was the original homewrecker, man. <laughs> Satan showed up and wrecked that home real quick. Didn't he? Are we, are we, are we denying this? He, he, he destroyed pretty much everything. He's been touched. seeking to destroy men, women, marriage, and the family since the beginning of time. All right. We must address... Karl Marx? <laughs> I mean, he dude had some occult tendencies. I'm just saying. All right. So addressing this multifaceted generational attack... <laughs> if anyone can be demon- demonically reincarnated, it's him. <laughs> oh, no. Um Resurrection does not lie in the hands of Satan. That's lies in the hands of God. Oh, hey, Jesse, how you doing? Pretty good there, bud. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I was curious, do you have any plans to September? Yes. Oh, you do? I have big plans, bigger than me plans. Oh, my gosh. Do you think we should tell everybody our plans for September? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> we would love to invite you to join us. That's right. Carpe Fide is going to the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, September 21st to 23rd. Yep. You should come. Hang out. See us. Get a picture. Get a photo. Grab a shirt. It will be the best coverage. Plus, you'll get to hear awesome speakers. Awesome speakers like Josh Bice, Bodie Balkum, Steve Lawson, James White. James Coates. Jimmy C. And I hear Aaron's going to be there as well. Yeah, but she only teaches ladies. I hear him if you're a man. So. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> That's fine. Tom Buck, we'll Walker, Walker, James Earl Henderson, Ken everything. Ham. So many people are going to be there. We would love for you to join us. And you're Ken like, Ham's going to be there? Yeah. You're like, hey, that's too much money. Oh, no, it's not. Because you can use the code G3CF, like Carpe Fide, G3CF for 30% off Slap of your registration. 30% right off the G3CF, 30% off your registration. Do that. Go to the website, g3min.org slash events. It's called the Sovereignty of God this year. You can go there, 30% off, see us, hang out. It'll be the best. And Jesse gives out free hugs. See you there. Do it. I mean, reincarnation's not resurrection. It's something different. Oh, you mean like the dead is just dead? Like a zombie, essentially. He yeah, comes back as someone else. Oh. Like because, Carl, like so, Klaus Schwab. Uh, I, we're going to have to deal with the biblical... Klaus. The, the biblical imperative Carl. of this particular conversation later. <laughs> Maybe before his death, Karl Marx was inseminated by a Nephilim. Okay. And, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here's their multi-generational attack. And you can, you can follow this all the way through. Uh, they sought to destroy marriage. Mm-hmm. And they followed that up with denigrating motherhood, mm-hmm. castrating men, incentivizing broken homes, controlling information, and then removing parental responsibility. Um, let me see. I mean, I would switch the order a bit, but yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I, yeah. I'm totally no, willing that, to, yeah, to no. switch some orderies, uh, orders. You know, castrating men, orders. you could put before. We should have C.R. Wiley on this podcast. Yeah, he would. He would love that. This is like he. This is this is like his. He house. would love that. I don't know if he would. No, I don't know if he would love that. I would, I would love that. I, we, <laughs> awesome. we would love that. Oh, man. See, I really would love that. This is like his wheelhouse. He's just like hitting grand slams all night on this thing. He's just like, stop lobbing these softballs. He's slamming grams. That's right. What? Okay. <laughs> so here's a list of do's and don'ts. This is our battle tactics here. All right. When it comes to this, these particular um, just deep-rooted generational attacks that, that have gone against God's very covenant... Um, we want to first do do honor marriage honor marriage if you're some of you might be thinking why it's because god honors marriage amen shut up amen shut up and be better (laughs) do better do not be sorry throughout god's better (laughs) throughout god of war okay all right <laughs> Throughout God's history, He has communicated to His people in the language of covenant. That is what marriage is. Marriage is a covenant. It is the picture God has used about connecting Himself to His people. We must honor marriage. If you're married, honor your marriage. If you're not married, honor marriage. If you are inside of the church, honor marriage if you're outside of the church i don't even know why you would want to marry 
What is the purpose? What is the point? It really doesn't make sense outside it of a truly Christian, outside of a Christian connection. Doesn't, but may we hold high marriage because when we do that, we fight against the narrative that marriage is unimportant and and ultimately destructive. Christians should be making marriage so attractive that the unbeliever wants marriage, even though they might not have any clue why. Absolutely. And and the only reason to run towards marriage is because they're very they're made in the Imago Day. Use marriage as a gospel tool for the glory of God in the relationships you have with people that don't know Christ. Holy Moses. Amen. And the idea of denigrating motherhood was su- is such a it's such a disgusting perversion. Um I think of the the passage first Timothy two fifteen um that a lot of people a lot of people kind of get they get can they get hung up on and they get they can become confused by it, but it's basic truth is so it's so simple that I don't know I don't know why. Uh, First Timothy two fifteen, uh, I'll, I'll back up just because just because we'll just make everybody angry all at once. This is First uh, Timothy. Everybody verse, everywhere all at once as well. Uh, we'll start in verse twelve. Um, so go ahead and uh, you know send us a message or a comment. Sorry about this, but. Um, I'm not sorry. It says this. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. I'm going to start here. Here's the big important verse. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. It just like you're going to hear all that. And you're going to focus on all the parts that like are triggering for our culture and our context. And you're going to, you're going to not realize that this verse was written with specific context in mind and helping us to understand deep foundational biblical truth system all the way back to Genesis. And I'm going to say, fine, stop it. Don't lose verse 15, which exalts the reality that God has gifted woman so uniquely to be able to grow a life inside of her like <clears throat> how do we not see that how do we miss that how dare they not permit a, permit a woman to teach her stories over a man how, how dare how dare he say that how dare he say eve was deceived first and transgressed how dare how dare paul say that you just you you're not even paying attention women were gifted the superhuman ability the divine ability to grow a a human life inside their womb that was that was what god gifted in in the imago day to women and our culture denigrates downplays that subverts all aspects of that to the point where now we have pregnant men getting injected with some sort of chemical serum from the fda so that they can lactate this is this is what we've done we have denigrated motherhood down to birthing people because men can get pregnant too, which is garbage. The church must do exalt, do. They must exalt mothers. We must exalt motherhood. It must not be a burden. It must not be something. It must be something to be seen as celebrated. I mean, let's be honest. Without your mother, you wouldn't even be here. That's that's exactly correct. <laughs> That's a fact, brother. With it, I mean, you know, parents make mistakes. You know, they plan, you know. I was trying to make a comment about you, but then I realized I just love you. I don't even want to make the comment. Aww. I want you here. I, I'm so glad my parents had you. That's great. Yes. But what else would she do? What, what else would she do? I can't speak. What else would we do? <laughs> should we? What else should we do? <laughs> what else we should do? Do's in the list of do's. <clears throat> when the culture is castrating men, we should teach godly masculinity. We should teach it, exalt it. We should be gr- just grinding, bro. I mean, we should probably do it. Seriously. It, I mean, not all of that. Like, we, we, the Bible is so clear on what godly masculinity looks like. Why are we running from it? No, don't run from it. Love it. Teach it. Know it. Read God's word and understand it. And this is not, this is not like, like some a Barbie movie rant. This is like, what does it mean to be a man? What does God want me for? Want for masculinity for my manhood? How am I a godly man? Because masculinity in of itself isn't the goal. Godly masculinity is. And 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 by castrating men, I mean so much more than just physically castrating them, like like chopping off their private parts. Uh, yes, 
to be sure, culture is literally seeking to do that in the sterilization of man. But but beyond simply that process, it's the removal of their responsibility, removal of of their their um, energy and and their their intensity, um, their their force. Like it's just all of these aspects are just denigrating man. So so no, we say no. Here's what God says about masculinity. Sometimes you got the zeal of Phineas, bro, and sometimes you know you grab that spear and you just grab the spear. You, you just spear them through. You spear the fornicators through. They will You're not ram and the ram. house of God. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes you got to be Jehu. I mean, like there are like the godly masculinity is is key. So we must love and teach that. Next, as the culture is incentivizing broken homes, literally buying off broken homes, we must the do here is center on healthy families. It must be core to what we do, how we think, how we live. We should be seeking to love our family to make it healthy. We should be seeking to love other families to make it healthy. That should be the goal of the church, which is also in the scripture looked at as a family of God. Amen. I mean, it's what it is. Facts, bro. Straight facts. You're, you're on fire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. As the culture, as the culture is staring, as the culture seeks to control the information, what information is taught, where the information flows from, as our world seeks to pump that their version of of information, we inside the church, the do here is we must teach the truth, teach the truth all the time. And that's truth with a capital T. It's not my truth. It's not your truth. It's the truth. It stems from an objective source outside of ourselves, and that is God. It is through God's word that we know these things. We work these things out and in and through God's word and his community that the Holy Spirit has brought together. That is what we must do. Finally, the last do, as they seek to remove parental responsibility, we must hold parents accountable. Teaching men and women to be godly will build the foundation for the family, and they will take responsibility to be parents. Even more important in the battle plan, I think, is the don'ts. Jesse, you handle the don'ts. Okay, first don't is we should not allow the culture to dictate the church's view on marriage. Oh boy, <laughs> if only people did this, what what a different place we'd be in. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, there are so many... Like, my brain is literally just being flashed all of these images. <laughs> okay. Uh, like of, a hard of drive? These, these, these rainbow pastors. Oh, no. And, and these lady rainbow pastors talking about how gay God is and how mommy God and, and, and all of these things. Listen. The trans sky unicorn pinata. Listen. I'm not saying that we should punch those people in the face. I'm not saying we should do that. But we definitely should not allow culture to dictate our view on marriage like those people have. That's yeah, it's so the the people that they are leading straight to godless hell is it's devastating. To I mean, they think they're helping, but they're not. But they're not. I mean, really, any any time we view, any time we deviate from God's view, we end up. With self-inflicted damage, well, every, like every time. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many millstones that they're not just there's not just taking them down. They're just the whole boat's just you going under. You get a millstone, under. and you get a millstone. Everybody at Gay Church gets a millstone. All right. Um, second, <laughs> the second don't is that we should not ignore the mother's role by outsourcing it to the state education department or the children's ministry. Yeah, as a side note, there's. I just want to. I just want to. Like this whole thing feels. Like no, no, no. You have to phrase it as a don't. Don't pretend like single women can't lovingly care for children. That's right. That's right. Because they can. Yeah, I don't want to. I didn't want to put in in as we're talking through this. Like ignore the fact that yeah, we're talking about marriage, talking about about families and parenting and parenting children. I mean, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. Comes That's after. a wonderful nursery jingle. Yes. Then there's the one where the 
bow breaks and the cradle falls, and it seems like a very violent song. Anyway, single women can absolutely engage yeah, in lovingly caring for catch children. That's particularly the goal of the church is to live inside a community, a community where there will be married people and single people, and we all must engage in what God has called us to do. And single women, especially single women who desire uh, that, that role of a mother, should be lovingly caring for children uh, biblically inside of the body of Christ. All right. Just want to say that. Sorry. Great work. Uh, we should not allow men to exist in states of perpetual immaturity. Oh. We must call them to responsibility and hold them to it. Amen. That's, I mean, look, <laughs> it is the thing that man was created for, to be responsible. Like, we were created to be responsible. And we were created to be responsible over more than just ourselves. <laughs> it's like, it's it's right there from the beginning. <laughs> You're responsible for more than you, dude. Like, you got more. Like, oh, I woke up today. Yeah, freaking great, bud. That was ba- that's a barely sentience. You have so much more to do. God has <laughs> given you so much more Congrats. to do. Congrats. Now do all the other stuff. <laughs> that's that's not even a baby step, bro. That's just basic. That's like an accident. <laughs> you just described an accident. <laughs> you woke up today? Oh, no. Like, put on your pants. Like, read God's word. Make do your what bed. it says. <laughs> Pet a dog. <laughs> I think he's is it a cat. It might be cat. Whatever. No, it's no. like whatever, dude. Stop. Just yes. But we also shouldn't <laughs> pretend that single men can't lovingly lead children as well. Absolutely. They also have a role to play. Yeah, and and this is again. This is yes. We're, all these things are in context, but to not give responsibility to to men, single men, single godly men, to think that they don't have to engage with children. Is ridiculous inside of God's family? No, absolutely ridiculous. Every man that exists inside of God's kingdom should be an example to all children, a godly example. You're always going to lead them. Just are you leading them to God or are you leading them to hell? Don't don't do that. Like lead them to God. Another general rule of thumb. All right. Uh, we also should not allow broken marriages to be supported by the church. Okay, sorry. That was a bad spot for a yawn. You got to keep going to explain that. It it was. uh, Well, I I couldn't. I literally was physically inhibited. Uh, We must seek repentance and restoration, and we must also support those in hard situations with the grace of the body of Christ. Yes and amen. This is something that I I feel a burden for. Like The the church sometimes just ignores or poo-poos the reality that there's a broken marriage. And it doesn't offer the correct support. It doesn't seek restoration or repentance. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't acknowledge. Yes, single fathers, single mothers, they need the support of the church absolutely. Uh, but are we just ignoring that there's a broken marriage, like that that we are not dealing with? Uh, we do need to love them. We do need to care for them. And you can't make someone repent, and you can't restore a, a, a broken marriage. Where you can, though, we should be. And are we trying? And, and are we holding marriage? Are we? Are we just downplaying it? And then, my gosh, if you're married, stop living on an island. Get into a church community. Be a part of a body of Christ so that you can be live live in and be known by a community. You cannot. This is you were not made to live on an island. You were made to live in community. God has always existed throughout all space and time and through all eternity, from everlasting to everlasting, as a community. Three in one. God has always lived in community, and he he made his imago day his image bearers to live in community. I mean, God even gave the Ethiopian eunuch Philip. Yeah, that's correct. Philip. Yeah. He was like, the spirit was like, hey, you need to go talk to this guy. No man left behind. And then he was like, oh, hey, uh, trying to <laughs> I just love the wasn't, picture. Wasn't there just some like fantastical running and zipping around by well, that's Philip? That's the thing. Like, it, Philip, it, it, Philip's like, like, <laughs> the spirit's like, go out to the gate of the city. You'll find this man. He needs help. And he sees this chariot. And then he's like running up alongside the chariot. He's like, hey, buddy, what are you reading there, bud? This <laughs> sounds like Isaiah. Do you know what you're reading? And finally, they saw the chariot. Poor Philip's like, the oh horses look at so each other tired. like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> Philip's like, I'm so tired. Thanks for stopping the chariot, man. <laughs> so explains Isaiah to him, gives him the gospel. And Ethiopian, he was like, well, I should probably be baptized, right? There's some water. And Philip's like, let's do this. Looks like I'm pretty hot right now. Philip's like, let's go for a swim. He dunks the eunuch and then is whisked away. <laughs> like, what happened? I don't know. It's going to be new here. <laughs> At least he didn't have to run. No, he's like, all right. The spirit's like, all right, we'll give you a break. You're you're really tired. I see. Good job, though. All right. (laughs) All right. Another don't. Another don't. Hold on. (sighs) Oh, 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 o
put your finger in another man's mouth when he yawns. It's not okay. You can only do that to your brother. Oh. Actually, you can do it to anyone. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, gosh. What does it taste like? I don't want to know. <laughs> so, we should not mix in lies and with half-truths or lies with what God has said in his word. Yeah, I, I wrote that down, so that's my fault. Mix in lies and half-truths, also known as lies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah half-truths are also lies. <clears throat> this is key because that's what we're doing. Why are we playing with half-truths? Why are we going halfway? Why are we doing half of what the word says? Why are we only saying half of the hard things? Why are we lying to people? Hold up God's word. God's word makes soft hearts that hold that are exalt that exalt his glory. That that's the key. The amount of people on my Facebook posts that come at me every time I try to confront sins of the world, but absolutely are silent whenever I try to confront sins of the church. They just disappear. It's like they don't exist. It's like they don't want to be confronted by their own sin. But I gotta be nice to the unbeliever. It's not like I'm ever mean to the unbeliever. No, ironically, speaking the truth from love is exactly what we're supposed to do. People just think the truth is mean. The truth is the only thing that brings freedom. Freedom is found in the truth. We did a whole episode on that. I'm not going to keep going with it. <laughs> last last also, don't. <laughs> kind of like our slogan. It is, yeah. Yeah. The truth hurts. The shoe fits. <laughs> Bear it and wear it, buddy. Boom, boom. <laughs> wear, wear it and bear it. All right. The last don't. Uh, you didn't you phrase these so dumb. That's a do. That is a do. What was I thinking? Don't build sustainable communities. Don't build unsustainable communities. Instead, build sustainable communities <laughs> that allows oh, families to live inside <laughs> God's family. Turn to the word when teaching on how to parent, not to your Instagram. This is so important. <laughs> I got you. You can't. You can't stop Instagram's me. not your pastor. You can't. Oh, my gosh. And if your pastor is on Instagram... Get to church. <laughs> Get to church. <laughs> but if we if if we don't have a sustainable community inside the church where families live, then then we let families live on an island. So get into a church and immerse yourself in the family of God. It's not a it's not a it's not something in the scripture that was a suggestion. <laughs> it's something in scripture that is a command. It is an, a, the expectation of scripture is for your family to live inside the family of God. Everyone's like, oh man, the early church, they, they brought so many people to Christ. I can tell you exactly why. It's because they lived in community and the world was like, oh my gosh, why don't we have that? Why do, what are they doing? Everything there looks so much better than what I'm doing. Because it's how they were, it's how they were made. They were made for it. When we don't do this, we shouldn't be surprised when no one cares. No one cares what you have to say. Yeah. What makes you any different than anybody else? Whenever people are like, oh my gosh, you have five kids. How do you do it? I can barely handle one. It's like literally the two things that I tell them are I have a wonderful family and a wonderful church community that helps me. Because honestly, I like I don't have the strength to take care of five kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, just moving is a struggle sometimes. <sighs> For especially, Jesse. Especially vertically. <laughs> Up, up, upstairs up is so difficult upstairs terrible oh stairs that's awful that's why they made elevators and escalators mm. which do you prefer and airplanes, airplanes. <laughs> and i'm sure soon we'll have hover boots from tesla and we'll get the 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 air teslas <laughs> hover boots <laughs> push a button and go upstairs. <laughs> Teach you right to Elon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. This is a battle plan. I look, we're laughing. We're having fun. We're talking about serious things. We're joyful warriors. None of this is bad. All of this is good. The problem is all of these things are not they 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 must be there must be a commitment to them immediately, but they don't happen overnight. These are things that take time. We have to do the hard work. Look, Satan has played the long game and the deception through the world. He, he's, he's played the long game. We have to have a, the, the truth in clear view so that the world can see it. Because Satan's long game fails. It fails. God wins. I've read the end. There is total and complete victory. When Paul says that we are more than conquerors, he's not joking. 
it's not a it's not a it's not a limerick he wrote in there <laughs> to break up the prose it's true it, it's true through christ we are more than conquerors so laugh loudly share the joy of the lord and do it by speaking the truth from love love people enough to say the truth because if you don't you're not loving them all of these things this is the battle plan Godly women and godly men, marrying, having kids, in a church, godly men and godly women learning and growing in the church, loving other people's children, caring for the truth of God. It's not rocket science. This is, this is as old as God's covenants. <laughs> Tales as old as time. Oh, Covenants no. as old as rhyme. <laughs> Ever since God thought of it. Oh, no, that was bad. Angela, your Angela Lansbury is not great. You should really work on that. Do you know the the name of the person that sung that? Angela Lansbury? It's just Mrs. Potts. Angela Lansbury is, soup, is like super famous. Is she really? Yeah. Have you ever heard the show Murder, She Wrote? Have you ever heard of Flamey Grant? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have the feeling. I have a reel to show you after this. I have the it's feeling. It's going to be a talk from the truck for sure. I have the feeling Angela Lansbury is more <laughs> common. <laughs> I don't want to know. Dude, you're going to be so <sighs> mad when I show you this. The whole idea here, <laughs> the whole idea here is to take the battle plan and live it. Live the battle plan. Education is warfare. And when we run from these things, we should not be surprised when we're like, oh my gosh, why does my child have blue, ha blue hair and seeking out transgender surgeries? It's because you allow them to be force-fed a lie that they are determinative and that the state and government, and they will nurture and care for them. And there is no objective truth. There's only subjective truth. No, no, no. Live God's word. That is the battlefield plan stay on mission yep. my, i'll give you give you one last saying it comes from <clears throat> uh comes from the uh if you've seen the terminal list the series of books by jack carr um that's centered around commander reese navy seal and he has a saying from the seals that uh that goes like this so, <clears throat> Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And what does that mean? The whole idea is that when you do training in high intense situations in the middle of battle, you can go, you can start to rush things, you will do it wrong and you will die. But if you do it slow, it'll be smooth. And when it's smooth, it's fast. It's the whole idea. That's what we need to do in the Christian world because education is warfare. Living out these battlefield tactics will require us to be slow and smooth. And as we are slow and smooth, that smooth will become very fast. It's very simple. The world's not having kids. The kids they are having are literally being castrated by their own philosophies. If you don't want your kids castrated by liberal theologies. Well, first, first of all, all you have to do is start having kids and teaching them the truth. And guess what? Very shortly... Those kids will also have kids, and then those kids will have kids, and they'll begin to keep te teaching them the truth. And then guess what happens? We're dead. We're forgotten in a generation or two. And guess what? There's more kids loving God than there ever were that are not loving God because all those kids aren't having kids. <laughs> Out child bear the libs. I'm it's, telling you. It's, it's, it's a fact. It is the way to change the world. Oh, my gosh. Well, this has been an awesome episode. Uh, I really hope that hopefully you can take these pieces and run with them. You can be you can be slow, smooth, and smooth and fast, and then we will begin to to battle back on the education front. We will battle back living the truth out boldly with God's word. And we hope that today, Christian, this day, that you indeed will seize the faith. faith.